One of the ways that we are better together as we venture in this, this journey of what it means to be better together is that we, when we gather together, we support and encourage one another to point each other towards Jesus. You know, towards, um, because it's not something that happens um, uh, Naturally, it's not something that happens in our world and even within us as we were just singing to, to be sinking in an ocean of grace is why we gather with one another. To help, uh, to, to be better together means it helps us to grow in experiencing and living according to that ocean of grace, of the love of God for us, of the love of God for the world. I mean, as we were just singing, it doesn't let us, that ocean of grace doesn't let us focus on the regrets because the ocean is so overwhelming. I, uh, um, and, and, and coming together, uh, being better together, and, and enjoying Jesus together, enjoying um, one another is really our, our focus. And, and coming together in that joy is um, becoming less and less um, a, a reality in our world. You know, just, just this week I was reading about, I'm not exactly sure when it was, it was recently, that the United Kingdom, they developed now a Department of Loneliness for the United Kingdom. They have now, you know, they call their like leaders ministers, you know, so the Minister of Defense or whatever. They now have a Minister of Loneliness because it's epidemic. In the in United Kingdom, fifteen um, percent of the population would say they are lonely. Um, and, and one of the stats that they they threw, I mean, it was nine million people in their uh, country, and they <clears throat> one of the stats they threw out that like two hundred thousand of the people that they talked to had not had or could not remember having. A face-to-face conversation with another human being in the last 30 days. Over a month. Now, so one of those situations where in today, in the day, the communication age, where in some ways, you know, more is less. You know, and in terms of really connecting um, with one another. So today, what I wanted to look at the, the story um, and uh, of, of the relationship um, between the, the church in Thessalonica and Paul, um, uh, the Apostle Paul. Paul was the, the, one of the first missionaries of the churches that would go around the areas in the first century and would start churches and connect with churches and, and lead them and um, uh, uh, get, them, get them going. And his, he and his entourage would then travel around um, the Middle East and Greek and Thessalonica and modern-day like Greece. Um, they would go and connect um, with them and support them and what's what's happening and, and they <clears throat> the, the church in Thessalonica and, and Paul they had a relationship of joy where they really enjoyed um, one another and, and so we can we can see that in, in um, 
You see it in chapter 2 of uh, the first letter to the, the church in uh, Thessalonica, chapter 2, verse 18, where he says, where he's talking to the church, says, so deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. And at the end of chapter um, twenty uh, or chapter uh, two, verse twenty, he says, "You are our glory and joy." Yeah. So they 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 like one another. They they want to see one another. They they long for one another. I mean, we we give you the gospel and ourselves. You are our glory and joy. And that this relationship is one that we want to foster and continue to develop, you know, within the, the church, even around the world. And as we'll, we'll see in uh, our passage in chapter 3, where we're really, really focused, you, you see that they, they long for one another. They, they long to be with each other. They, they long to, to support and encourage and help one another mature in their Christian life um, together. It's what they want to do. So we, and we see that particularly um, in chapter 3, verse 6. Um, it's uh, page 960 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the, the screen. What, what's happened is that Paul and his entourage, they, they, they've heard things that are going on in and around Thessalonica. I mean, it was a tumultuous time for the church in those days. There were false teachers. There was persecution. I mean, you know, it, it was a hard work to be a Christian in that day. It could cost you your job. It could cost you your life. And so they were hearing stuff that was going on. And so um, they're distraught over what's going on with the church in Thessalonica. So he sends Timothy to go and visit the church and go find out what's going on, encourage them, bring back word to us. And that's, that's what we'll pick up in, uh, chapter, or in chapter 3, verse 6. Timothy has returned and shared with him what's going on, and it's good news. And so Paul is just responding in celebration um, uh, there. So um, let's... Uh, Let's pray, and then we'll pick up at First uh, Thessalonians 3, 6. Uh, Almighty God, thank you for your written word. Thank you as it speaks to us and, and leads us. And we, we pray that your, your spirit will continue to open our eyes and ears to hear from you, to receive from you, and to um, enjoy you and enjoy one another. Um, lead us for your glory and for your honor. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, First uh, Thessalonians 3, verse 6. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love. He has told us also that you always remember us kindly and long to see us just as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers and sisters, during all our distress and persecution, we've been encouraged about you through your faith. For we now live if you continue to stand firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you.
And may He so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His saints. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first thing that, that we see here is how Paul was encouraged by hearing and connecting and um, uh, what was going on with the church in Thessalonica. That, that, that it, one way that we enjoy one another is that we encourage one another. We support one another in the faith. I mean, you see it in, verse, uh, in the verse 7. We've been encouraged about you through your faith. And then, verse 8, what language? For we now live. I mean, it's like we can now live since you continue to stand firm in the Lord. And if, or it really has that meaning of since, you know, since you stand firm in the Lord. It's like Paul was holding his breath until he heard of what was going on with the church. Such, such encouragement in the faith with one another. I mean, uh, even says, you know, in our distress and persecution, you have built us up. You, know, you, you have encouraged us. You know, that, that happens, you know, when, you know, like I said, in the first century, you've got such direct opposition. I mean, it can cost you your, your life to follow Jesus. When that happens, right, you know, you, you, the saying, you know, there are no enemies in a foxhole. You know, when you're, you're facing such a struggle, then it's going to draw you together because you have to be unified to face your common enemy. And, and I, I wonder, you know, is there, you know, it's obvious Life and death, literally, you know, to, to face the devil, to, to face the forces that would oppose them. I wonder today if, in some ways, it's still too easy to be a Christian. You know, that, that, that we don't recognize the opponent. We don't recognize our battle is not against flesh and blood. We don't realize the, 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 the work of the evil one and the work of evil in the world and even the work of evil within our own soul. And we, so we don't then come together opposing that enemy. And we, therefore, because of that, we can get distracted and waylaid and focused on secondary things like you know, preferences or politics or whatever it might be. Not, not things that in and of themselves are bad, but if they that are secondary or third-level issues, they become primary, then it, it cuts against us enjoying one another in Jesus. Um, I remember... Uh, a number of times, I, you know, to summer camp a lot in, um, growing up. And I would take uh, children and, and youth into the Alabama woods. Um, and we'd, you know, set up camp there and spend the night. And when we first would get there, you know, kids would be fighting and elbowing one another for the, the best campsite place. And, um, uh, and, you know, setting up their tent and those kind of things. And, and then as the, the, the day wore on... And as the sun began to set and it got darker in the middle of the woods, and believe me, in the Alabama woods, it gets dark. And it also gets loud. I mean, the bugs, they come out, they start making their noise, other animals howling in the distance. You know, that, that began to spook the folks, the kids that were there. And they got really motivated about making that fire. 
And they, they wanted that light there. They wanted that warmth. And by, you know, by good and dark, 11 o'clock, they were all gathered around the fire, basically sitting in one another's laps, <laughs> you know, because they were now gathered around the fire together to encourage, support, and carry on as eight-year-old boys would carry on in the woods. But it was that common enemy and then common goal that would draw them to the fire that would lead them to truly enjoy one another together to encourage and support one another you know, as Christians that, that's, that's why we're here we're gathered around the fire we're gathered around the fire of Christ to, to celebrate Him, to enjoy Him. And, to, and part of the reason we say this is a sanctuary is like, okay, this is the place where we focus on the reality of the, the power of Jesus and His resurrection in the midst of an, an evil and broken world. And as broken people, we come here and we gather around the fire to encourage, to support, to help one another remember His love, His grace, His goodness, His mercy, His victory. That's, um, you know, we, and we, get to, we get to see that, you know, with the, the band when they're up here. I mean, they come from different places and different, um, uh, 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 different uh, uh, gifts and abilities, but then they come together and as one lead us in joy. Lead us as they, they, they sing from their own connection with one another and connection with Christ, we see that. that. That's part of the demonstration to us of the gospel. Not, not just the words that y'all sing and the notes that y'all play, but how you play them. So thank you for that and for your work and sacrifice of time and of soul to lead us. You, you, you see that um, in a number of, that's part of the reason that the, the different ministries of the church that we, we do, whether it's like uh, uh, the If Gathering that's coming up uh, for, for women in a couple um, uh, weeks, or whether it's uh, the 33 series, or the, the Super Bowl party that Ignite, the men's ministry will be hosting, um, uh, all of those things, or ministry teams, um, whether it's gathering at, um, to tutor at Pleasant Hill, or, or gathering to teach English as a, a second language for refugees, as we do that together, it's, it's there, it's part of gathering around the fire to enjoy one another and to enjoy Jesus together, to encourage one another. Now, you see that as well in the passage. that It's not just that they encourage one another, but they enjoy this. Um, Paul tells us in in verse 9 that he thanks God for all the joy that they feel because of the church in Thessalonica. That, That there is a real joy, that they're rejoicing with them. In um, both his letter to the church in Corinth and the uh, letter to the church in Rome, Paul also says that as the church, as a body together, as the body of Christ together, you know, we, we, we are connected just like our body is, is connected. You know, um, hands and, um, uh, to arms, to body, to legs, to feet. You know, it's all connected. So if you, you know, hurt my hand, my whole body you know, feels it. And it's like that's why we rejoice with those that rejoice. 
when there are good things going on with others in the body, we celebrate those together because we're so connected. And that's what Paul is doing there, rejoicing with the, the, the faith that is growing and maturing and deepening in Thessalonica. You know, like um, I just mentioned, you know, like those at Tudor at Pleasant Hill, you know, this, this, uh, this last week, three of those children prayed to receive Christ with them. And we cel- and that's something to celebrate. That is something to, to rejoice in what God is doing. And we may not see those particular children here. They, them and their families may be connected with, a, with other churches or other places of worship, which is great. Which brings up one of the things I, I think that can rob us of that joy of rejoicing with those that rejoice. Yeah, it's, it comes when we focus on us winning instead of Jesus winning. Um, I, I, for, for me, as I was reflecting on this, when, when we're not uh, you know, pursuing a common goal uh, together, then what we can do is, is compete with one another. Not against competition in a fun game, but in life. And in life with Christ, it can get in the way when I want to win more than I want Jesus to win. And, and you know, in my line of work, um, it's can be easy to see other churches as competition. You know, and there are times when sisters and brothers are involved in other churches, you know, that, that God is, is blessing, that are, you know, just um, things are exploding there. You know, just discipleship is, is multiplying. It can be a natural reaction, a sinful natural reaction, to be envious or jealous or to start to poke holes. And that's what happens when I'm focusing on me winning instead of Jesus winning. And I I think for all of us, in a variety of ways, um, it may be our case that at times what robs us from rejoicing with those that rejoice is that I can focus on what I don't have or what I didn't get, what I didn't win, when another did get or did win or did receive. So if I'm focusing on me winning instead of Jesus, that robs me of rejoicing with the gifts that Jesus is bestowing upon his church. When we focus on Jesus winning, then we can celebrate and rejoice in all that is good. Now, just a little bit of an aside, still related, though, to that sense of really of joy, of enjoying um, one another. With a, um, you know, th- throughout this series, try to find different ways to focus on particular relationships. And for this one, I want to particularly focus on marriage, on enjoying one another in marriage. 
You know, that, that can be hard because in marriage and if you, the different responsibilities that can happen in your marriage and all this, you become more of a, a working relationship, you know, of getting this done or that done or this done and getting this child here or there. And you, you lose that sense of, no, wait a minute. This, this relationship is, is one also given by God to enjoy one another. So just a quick word to say to the uh, married couples that are here, you know, whether it's, it's sewing or sailing or spelunking. You know, what, what's the thing that you can do together to really enjoy? One, to help continue to build that joy with each other. And in this, in this world that, that has sex so upside down and inside out wrong, and one that we regularly will, will stay. You know, here, is, here is God's order. Here is God's design for sexuality. What he, he has created for man and woman to then fall in love with each other, then to get married, to make their commitments to God and, and to, the, to the community around them, then to have sex and then have children. That, that's God's design. And that we say regularly, sex is a wonderful thing created by God to enjoy by a married couple who have made those commitments. I mean, we say that all the time. Usually we say it to teenagers to say that's the way to do it. I want to say it to the adults. You know, and is that, is that what you're living into? That creation? And if you're like, well, that's way off the text. I don't see it. You're right. It's an application of the, the text. Um, but if you want to know where it comes from, just go read the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. Just go read that, and that will answer all of your biblical concerns as to whether or not. And you'll be thankful that I didn't read it after you read it, if you haven't read it in uh, here. But you'll also be thankful to read it to see, now this is God's design. Okay, so, so that, that's an uh, uh, application particularly there to come back. Now. Then the next thing you see as we walk through this, as, as the joy, so there's the encouragement, the joy, and then there's thanks. Thanksgiving. What, he says, we give thanks to God for the joy that we have in Him because of you. This is another way to feed your joy, to feed your enjoyment of others. Who are five people? They can be dead, they can be alive, but five people who today, they just come to your mind, I thank God for them because of the joy they bring me. Ways, ways that they have poured into you, encouraged you, supported you, received from you, given to you. Who are those other five people just to write down their names as an act of thanksgiving to God for them? And that there, simply feeds the joy. Oh, after first service, um, uh, uh, Elaine Statman came and told me she had heard um, Chief Justice Roberts um, of the Supreme Court give, give a talk or talk on the radio and stuff. And, and he, he said that a couple years ago, um, he started making the commitment to write one thank you note a week to a different person. You know, just to write one, one you know, note of encouragement, of thanks, of a way that someone has blessed you. And that, that actually moves us um, in, into the, the, the next um, part, where, where the, the last part where we see um, Paul then praying for those people. 
praying for Thessalonica. The end of verse 10 and then 11 through 13, he, 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 in 10 he says, so we are praying so that we can come see you face to face. And then verse 11, he prays, God, may God allow us to draw us to one another. You know, let us be with one another. And, my, uh, and so my thought there is just to, again, take a, maybe with those five people or others, to be creatively thinking, how can we connect with others in a way that is celebra- celebratory, in a way that is encouraging? You know, and maybe it is to write a note or card to one of those five people that just came to your mind. Or, or, or maybe it's to just to, to find odd things to celebrate. You know, just some little things to celebrate. You know, that uh, um, you know, maybe it's that you celebrate um, your, you, you take a moment, have a party to celebrate because your teenager came home before curfew. You know, just do that. Or they came home with the, the, with the car and they didn't get in a wreck and it even has gas in the tank. You know, so celebrate. You know, what are those little, little things that you, or that, or that they went to school all five days. Woohoo, you know, celebrate that. Or that you, not that you finished a project, but go ahead and celebrate that you started a project. You know, that, that you, the wallpaper, this is in our house, the wallpaper is stripped down from the wall. Celebrate that. Isn't that beautiful? Because we started a project. You know, what, so what, what is it that you just need to celebrate a small event with one another? Or, you know, what are you doing? What's something that you're already doing that really would be better together? Invite a friend or a couple friends to go with you. You know, be, be praying and then acting on that prayer of connecting with those that you enjoy, who bring you encouragement, who support, like the church in Thessalonica. Then um, notice in, in his prayer then, what he, he actually says, he wants to connect and he prays for their spiritual growth. You know, grow, that they will grow in love, and that you will establish them in, in, in holiness. That you will um, establish them and, and connect them with, with the, uh, deeper and deeper with Jesus. And, and then he looks ahead. And he, he, he trains our sights. He, he brings the scope and view of the future, of that day that Jesus returns. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. He trains our sights on that day. He's he's praying for them to to grow in in Christ. And he's saying because on that day we're we're blameless, we're holy in Christ. We are set apart for him. And we we look forward to that day because that's the day that Jesus will return, that all will see in a celebration like no other. A a rejoicing of freedom, of peace that that we, we can't even begin to imagine. But let's try. Let's try to imagine that day. That day that death and disease and need are no longer. They're gone. That that anxiety and worry and fear, they're gone because there's nothing to be anxious about. 
It may be hard even to get there. It may even be scary to allow yourself to think about a day when anxiety will be gone, that fear and disease are gone so that we can be totally free It's because we know Jesus is there. We're gathered around the fire, the eternal flame. We're gathered around the one that has defeated sin and death and guilt. And we will all be there in total freedom to celebrate Him and to enjoy one another. That's where Paul is pointing us. That's where we're going for all eternity. And so we're we're seeking to, to live into that reality even today. And so it'll be around that day as Jesus leads the parade. It'll be in that day that, yeah, those that are are, our friends that we know, they will be there. But there will also be people that we don't like who are followers of Jesus. They will be there. They will be present. But you know what? That will be gone. We'll be freed from that because we'll be so focused on the fire that we won't even feel that anymore. That's where we're going, and that's where Paul is setting his sights for them and for us. Where we enjoy, we rejoice, we celebrate one another because we are now gathered around Jesus perfectly together. And he leads that victory parade with an eternal Celebration, an eternal flame that brings pleasure and peace to rule. Amen.